0: the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Go on over there, use code DNVR to sign up for a new account to get a bunch of amazing deals. I am your host, Rudo, joined as always by A.J. On The Avs don't play for a couple of days, but a bit of a positive note, finally, for the Avs when it comes to their roster, as the expectations are they have a handful of healthy players coming into this outdoor game coming up, specifically being Gabe landis and Tyson Jost now off the COVID list, and then Kale McCarr expected to be 100% for the outdoor game. The Kale McCarr impact is pretty straightforward. He drops into the lineup, most likely either Gilbert or McDonald gets benched.
1: Pretty... F- Pretty confident it's gonna be Gilbert at this point.
0: Given the two games he's played, it's probably a safe assumption that it's Gilbert. Yeah. Um so that one, easy. Defense, you go pretty straightforward there. We can get into the Sam Gerard conversation later, but he won't be back in time for the outdoor game. So in the immediate, that's it. The uh, earliest he can skate is Sunday. Yeah, correct. So will not have any opportunity to get into the outdoor game regardless. Um, the offensive side is is a much different conversation, because not only do you have Gabe landisgog and Tyson Jost, which will mix things up, there's also the outside possibility of Matt Calvert being around. There was some thought that he could have played, but it didn't skate, didn't practice or anything. So not really sure what's going on there exactly, but... For the record,
1: the abs had the day off
0: today. Right. So. They'll practice tomorrow. Yeah, they're uh, at Ball Arena tomorrow morning. And then they go out to, to Tahoe. But. Technically, it, they fly into Reno. Okay, sure. And then drive to Tahoe, whatever. Then, yeah. <laughs> that, does Tahoe even have, have an airport? I I've never been.
1: I don't know. I've never been. Yeah, okay. We're neither, not, neither one of us make enough money to come within 100 miles of Lake Tahoe. <laughs>
0: very true. <laughs> very, very true. Uh, so the expanding impact on the roster, will start with just Landy and Jost, because we know they're off the COVID list. We know if they are at all ready to play, they will be in the lineup for the Avs. Uh, the obvious one is back to three-headed monster, I would assume.
1: Uh, Why would you not? I mean, you had, you had a second line with Saad and um, Kadri and Burakovsky that was starting to click before everything shut down. And then, obviously, the three-headed monster is the three-headed monster. So, I feel like that's how the top six was designed when they went out and they acquired the players. And that's how it's, that's how it should stay. there's,
0: there's a part of me that thinks there might be a case to keep sod with the top line, but they weren't even willing to do that in the
1: game the other night. So can't expect don't, them don't, to. Don't need to be, I don't think they need to get cute with it at all, man. Honestly, I just, just let it be. We've seen the three headed monster just works for yep. whatever reason. Those guys are just on a different level. All of the reasons that people try and come up with to split them up. Oh, you do this. Oh, you do that. Whatever, it just leave them. They're they're one of they're one of the five best lines in the entire NHL when they're put together. Just quit messing with it. Just let it be at this point. They're so good. And then your second line had started to really click before that, and uh, before the shutdown last night, they just won you a game. So, I you know you're now your top six is back intact. You're. You know, outside of outside of Sam Gerard, you're basically the scariest version of yourself.
0: I'm not going to argue with you on the top line, and I'm honestly I'm not even going to argue with you in the top six in general. But to play devil's advocate a little bit on that second line. We saw Burakovsky struggle the other night. We saw Jonas Donskoy come under that second line and and play a key factor, feeding into Saad's goal and getting the assist on Kadri's game winner as well. Is there a consideration there to drop
1: Burakovsky down? I mean, I think if you wanted to do it for a game, you know, we've seen it happen in games before where they send, you know, Bednar sends that message to Burakovsky: you can't be a passenger. Yeah, we need you. We need you driving the bus. You're too good. We need you to be a. We need you to be. Activating and not just casually working your way through the game, and it regularly has worked to drop him down there for a game or even a couple of shifts, just to kind of jumpstart him a little bit to get his head refocused. It's worked for it's worked for Berkey. So if they wanted to do that, um, Donskoy is healthy and he's playing as well as he was since the start of last year. That would also be fine. Uh, knowing that, uh, I, I would say that knowing that. The idea is to kickstart Burakovsky and eventually swap him and Donskoy. Go for it. All
0: right. I can live with that for sure. Uh, As as, uh, vaguely sober indicates here a little bit, a little bit of, of line blending is always to be expected when it comes to Jared Bednar. Now, we all have seen him love to put Nathan McKinnon out there with the fourth line or honestly anyone in an offensive situation, potentially. Is that still something you can expect to the extreme amount that it's been done recently, given you're getting a Tyson Jost back, given the depth, just all the way down the lineup, you add a Landis and everyone gets moved down the depth chart.
1: Well, and, and I think Jost is, um, that's an important addition back into your lineup because your bottom six right now is just sort of this hodgepodge of guys. Yeah. Where you're, you're just trying to like Logan O'Connor's on your third line last night and smash his face first into that ceiling. Yep. So your number one, your number one goal with that bottom six should be, Remove Shelton Trax. Get an NHL caliber player there. Um, That's where, you know, Belmar, Jost, Confer. You've got three guys that you view as guys who can play center for you in your bottom six. You got to figure it out. Um, The reality with JT Confer is he's been bad. Like, he had a good – I really liked his game on Sunday, but that's not nearly enough for the other, like, ten games. (laughs) the guy's been bad. Um, so I think I, I maybe maybe we have the conversation where you want to put Tyson Jost as the 3C there with Nachushkin on the left and Confer as the right wing. And then yeah. your fourth line, you know, your fourth line, you've got, you still have Belmar down there. You want Logan O'Connor playing. He's absolutely deserved to to, to stay in your lineup, but he needs a more appropriate role. Playing on that third line, you know uh, the point that Evan made last night is the ultimate point about Logan O'Connor. When your game is built around going a thousand miles an hour, you can't play thirteen minutes. Yep. And so I think getting him in a more you know eight to eleven minute for traditional fourth line role, depending on how much PK time he gets that night. Um. That's that's where that that's where he should be next to Belmar, and then you're just talking about which which is the twelfth guy. Sure, you know who's the left wing on that one. Um, you could always just what what I'm afraid they'll do is that they'll just drop Jost back into the left side next to Belmar, and have that be.
0: And keep running an ineffective third line in front of them.
1: Yeah, and have it be Natchukin, Comfer, O'Connor, and then Jost, Belmar, whoever. Probably Megna.
0: Yeah, Sherwood is still on sure, protocol yeah. or on IR or something. Trying, it's
1: unclear, trying, but exactly trying to exactly figure out what's going on with Sherwood here uh, has been has been like the ultimate puzzle. It's almost count Ian. Yeah, in that we're just not entirely because. The team was like he's on.
0: Initially, they said he was on COVID protocol,
1: right? And he never appeared on the official league list. Yep. And so it's like, okay, what's going on? Are you guys lying about this? Like, what's going on with Kiefer Sherwood? Um, but if he's if he's healthy, then I think that he he just slots right in ahead of Jason Magnum. Easy peasy, you're done.
0: Yep. Pretty. Pretty straightforward there as as the 12th guy in that scenario. Um, The reality of the situation is right now, Cout is injured apparently. So he's not going to, like, you can say what you want to happen, but if he's injured, he's not going to play regardless. Um, And then Bowers is with the Eagles. So at this point, I think he's been with the Eagles long enough that he'd have to go through the seven-day waiting period on the taxi squad to to get back on the Az roster. So that's not going to happen either. Yeah. As much as I want those things to happen, as much as you want those things to happen, it's not going to happen for this Tahoe game at the very least. Um, continuing through their, their forward lineup though. It's the, the, the effects move into special teams as well. Obviously, we talked about Landis God coming back for the power play. Um, the important role that he has there, you can make the argument he's more important than Kale McCarr, even for that side of things. But getting Tyson Jost back for the penalty kill is is kind of a big deal
1: as well. Yeah, it'll help. Um, it, that's not a unit that needs a ton of help. That's a unit that's top of the league and has been rocking and rolling. Um, but he's been a big part of their success, so sweet. Yep. In, in making my lineup, I also forgot Don Skoy and Burko- or Burakovsky, so you got to throw one of those guys in there somewhere. Yeah, that
0: third line you'd end up with. If they do nothing, it'd be Don Confort, for Njushkin.
1: Yeah, and then Joe Spelmar and O'Connor. Yeah, can make that work if you'd like. Boy, how how different do you feel about your fourth line if it's just Belmar O'Connor, than you did two not, did last night when it was Dries Megna. Dries Belmar and Magna? Yeah. Like, just
0: how different do you what feel? What a those, world those, of those difference, right there. Yeah, it's just huge. It's let's let's be honest about the Avs bottom six in these two games against Vegas so far. You're just hoping they don't lose you the game. Yeah. You're just trying to get by with that, but well, especially
1: against Vegas's fourth line, which they've invested heavily in. I mean, Ryan Reeves is getting paid pretty good money. Will Carrier got like a four-year deal and then drew two penalties last night. Yeah. Um, Will Carrier, for just for the record, one of my favorite fourth liners in the NHL. He's really, really good. At a um, fourth liner. Yeah, of course. Like. Not not arguing that this guy needs a bump, like just doing what he does. Yeah. He's so effective at it. For sure. And like Will Carrier is is exactly the kind of guy that Logan O'Connor needs to model. Use your speed, use your physicality, play smart, throw the body, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Blah, blah, blah. Do all those smart things, draw penalties, be good on the PK. So if Calvert if Calvert works his way back into this great i don't know where he fits in somewhere this yeah, is I, where this is this is where you have you have the luxury where you say you maybe give Calvert an extra couple of games and just see what happens with Logan O'Connor it's
0: calvert getting healthy gives the avs a lot of interesting openings at that point if you want to have the conversation about scratching a JT Confer, maybe you can have it with a healthy Calvert.
1: You definitely are are a lot more open to that possibility, where you're like, "Look, this has been coming. It hasn't been getting better. This needs to this needs to happen." I mean, he's working. His, he's worked his way to that point? Yep. I have no issue with giving a guy ten games and saying, "This is a guy that's been empo- he's been an important player for you the last couple of years. He's performed significantly better than we've seen from him this year." so you know there's a lot more there it's just not happening right now and that 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 10 game mark is up we're beyond that point now and it's like if he's if it's not going to get it together if, he's, if then you've got to start trying to find solutions and with with jd comfort like we we kind of came into the year like all oh, the Avs' weakness is there is a 3c you know, because is imperfect.
0: Not right. Not expecting to be a black hole.
1: Right. <laughs> Not JT Confer's game has completely freaking cratered, <laughs> and he's performing well below the level of a, of a functional NHL player. Yep. Like the the third line center role is an important job on a team. You know, that's it's it's an important it's an important spot. You're one injury away from moving up into the top six. So you've got to have some offensive punch. But traditionally, you have to be pretty good defensively. You have to take faceoffs. You have to win your fair share of them. And you've got to, you've got to do heavy lifting defensively. And it's why it's why the whole Confer thing has been a conversation the last couple of years. Because as we've seen, he might be a more effective wing than center.
0: Yeah. I, I think this is definitely a fair assessment, certainly at the NHL level of his career. And look, when you're talking about these situations, nothing is necessarily permanent, but yeah. at a certain point, if you scratch con for, for a game, maybe that's something that gets him going. Maybe that's the wake-up call that he needs. Yeah. And you, you're in a unique situation to where – Given the breakout of Logan O'Connor with a fully healthy lineup, the ads are okay running their thirteen forward on any given night. Mm-hmm. You don't really feel like you've made the lineup
1: worse at all. Well, you're not you're not like you're not in the territory of like, oh my god, we're not even icing an NHL player here. Yeah, exactly. So and you could honestly probably go fourteen or fifteen deep on that list if you wanted to, and not even not even really getting into the – because, again, I really just don't want to do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not getting even into the the Kout Bauer stuff. You know, you can make your – like Jason Megna in these really short sports in, in a two-game sample, He'll you're get surviving. surviving. Yeah. You know, not making mistakes. Mature enough player to know that you can't be taking dumb penalties.
0: If Kiefer Sherwood appears, he, he's fine. He's not going to hurt you.
1: Yeah, Kiefer, and well, and to be honest, I mean, Kiefer Sherwood and Logan O'Connor have both looked good yep. this year in really, really limited looks, but they both have looked good. Where you're, you're comfortable
0: the, there's an argument that the best the Avs fourth line has looked this year was Kiefer Sherwood, Logan O'Connor,
1: and Tyson Jost. Definitely, I would definitely say that's true. So, I mean, their work against in that San Jose series, they were chewing the Sharks up. Now, understandably. It's not a very good sharks team. Like yeah. the guys that I like on that sharks team that are dangerous are not the guys that are getting matched up against that line, for sure. Uh, so you're you're feeling you're feeling pretty good about that depth, you know between between O'Connor or Sherwood as your thirteenth your theoretical thirteenth fourteenth forwards, you have to be feeling pretty good about when you're healthy. You know, and and when you have a bottom six injury, you're comfortable moving some of these guys in and out of the lineup where you don't feel like there's going to be a huge drop-off. Now, if we get into the count and powers thing, you know, if one of those guys gets in, they should be looking to stay in. For sure. Although I would also put LOC in that conversation of this is, yeah. we had kind of earmarked him as a guy that we thought, he should be at least beyond He should be done in the AHL. Thirteenth
0: forward esque
1: type of guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and with the addition of a taxi squad, he should never play a game for the Eagles again. Yeah, um, definitely. I just think that he's beyond that in his career right now. So I'm, I, I really, I'm very comfortable with what they've got, uh, with with their lineup constructed as is right now. I think it's. I, you know, obviously, when you get healthier, you have tough decisions to make, but those are good choices. That's 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 a good problem. Yeah. It's... And if you need to give a Komfar off, you need to give a Valnatushkin off. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Valnatushkin. Uh, I think Dario said it on Twitter that this Val is Nachushkin, what we thought Natushkin was. Yeah. Yeah, Valnatushkin blew everybody away last year. Yep. And this the this year's version of Natushkin. Is kind of a lot more of what we were expecting to see last season from him. And there are issues there. It's just that right now he's being overshadowed by an absolutely awful JT Confer. And Nechushkin is still being successful at what he was successful at last year. He's still good defensively. And he's gotten PK time in which he has been very good on it. So you're you're feeling like the Nachushkin conversation, it's it's, it's its flawed, but you can live with it. You're getting by just fine.
0: The, the question now becomes with those Confer and Nachushkin situations is, assuming the Avs get properly healthy, because you never know. We could wake up tomorrow and three players get injured in practice the way things have gone for the Avs. What does it take to actually make the move? I see people in chat talking about it. Is a Jared Bednar actually going to be willing to bench a JT Comfort for a game? Or is he gonna ride with what he knows, what he's used to in a lineup?
1: Yeah, I mean at some at some point like the leash will be up from, from these guys. Yep. You know, we're not talking a Nathan McKinnon where you're like, even on a bad night, this guy on any given shift can do something for you. Like JT Converse had a month to get it going, and I can count two games on from memory that I feel like he was a solid player. Yep. So that decision
0: like, does have to be made at some point.
1: And yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm. This is this is a thing that drives fans crazy about NHL coaches. But you know, think about it. Like think about it from your workplace perspective. Now I know it's not a one to one comparison, but. You have a guy that has been good for you for a long time. He's been a good employee. He's put the work in. He's been effective for a long time, for the last, for the last you know multiple years now. He has a bad month of work. You know, are you gonna are you gonna bring him into the office? Like, how much lease do you give that guy before you bring him in? And you say, all right, dude, you really, you just take a week, take a week, go home, get your head right, take a shower, buy some new ties. You know, whatever it is, like whatever, whatever your workplace is, right? Figure it out, like get your head, get your head on straight and come back and be the guy that we've grown accustomed to over the last couple of years. It's really easy for us sitting on the sidelines to be like, bench a guy, sit this guy, move him down the lineup, do this, do all these different things. But you have humans in, in this situation, you have personalities, you have there's certain levels of professional respect that you have to walk. And it's a, you know, obviously the NHL, it's a cutthroat business and it's a what have you done for me lately? But track records mean something, especially a success under a coach. Confer is a guy who's only known Jared Bedner as his, as his head coach in the NHL. Yep. Like, it's, it's a real
0: conversation, but it's also one that on the other side of that conversation it's a little bit easier to tug that leash when the guy you have coming in is matt calvert who yeah on a
1: track record there's one right there right and that's that's where you're feeling good about the depth loc has loc continues to prove he earns a spot calvert gets healthy and you're like okay well we have tyson jose back who has been playing so well for us but this dude this dude needs a night off We and we're finally healthy enough. It's kind of the Ryan Graves Connor Timmons conversation we had on the podcast last night. Yep, it's the same. It's the same premise of we can't give this guy a night off right now, but if we can, if we can get healthy, we can do this. Yep. So,
0: it it is. And to be clear, you're talking in. you're getting into a little bit of speculation here, right? Because we don't know what the future holds. We could find out tomorrow that Matt Calvert's concussion issues are still significant and he's not going to be back anytime soon. We just don't know.
1: Even even if Calvert gets back into the lineup, it would be foolhardy to expect that he plays for the rest of the season. Every game for the rest of the year. Yeah. You go game. Every game that you have Matt Calvert is a bonus.
0: For sure. So... It's something that they're going to be dealing with throughout the season. Either way, uh, we do need to take our first period of break there as we are brought to you my DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. When you head on over there, we're not quite to Mar- March Madness yet, but it's coming soon. Never been a big college sports fan myself, but uh, I know the betting people, they're all over that. There's a lot of money to be made when it comes to betting on college sports. So DraftKings is you hooking you up if you're a new player with a chance to cash in $100. New customers can bet $1 in any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. One three-pointer in any game this week, and you turn $1 into $100 feel like that's just free money right like they're just giving you a hundred dollars so jump in on it get yourself a hundred dollars for betting one dollar for any team to hit a three-pointer it's a no-brainer slam dunk offer if basketball is not for you, they also have a bunch of daily odds boosts for hockey, soccer, and many other sports as well. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion since 2012 to its customers. So big paydays all over the place. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNBR to get your shot to turn $1 into $100. Bucks. Again, the DNVR code lets them know we sent you, so please put that in. Supporting our partners is supporting us. Any basketball game, again. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Winnings paid out in four $25 free bets. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings sportsbook. Have we have we rounded out the Avs roster talk? AJ, is there anything else you wanted to touch on here?
1: Um, no. I mean, I think we can save the Graves and Timmins thing for another day. Because the more I think about it, the more I find it an interesting conversation.
0: I do think it's an interesting conversation, but they're both going to play in the immediate. Oh, yeah. Until we start talking about EJ getting healthy. It, yeah. They're certainly going to be a, a tough to pull, pull one out of the lineup.
1: But. I Also, sneakily, I do wonder uh, if they try and keep Jacob McDonald in the lineup as a forward. <laughs> pull some nonsense. Well, it's like, bah, if you keep having forward issues, you know, your defense mostly gets healthy. you like what he gives you. He's basically a forward anyway.
0: <laughs> Why not? Yeah, it's, it's certainly, I, I wouldn't keep him in as a forward personally, but I will, right, well,
1: you know, would you, would you rather Jacob McDonald as a forward or would you rather Jason Magno
0: yeah, you can have that conversation, I guess. I don't know.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> the lack of the lack of willingness to commit to a side there just tells you where the abs are yeah. in like their 15th or 16th <laughs> forward spot. Just play a body. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So we can probably branch this out into some other teams, but the the news and rumors of the day were Nashville, obviously struggling pretty heavily this year. They're a bottom five team in the league by points percentage at the moment. Some talk about potentially, maybe not necessarily blowing it up, but Eckholm's name was out there as a guy that they could be looking to move. He's on IR right now, but there is, there is a universe where the Nashville Predators decide that it's time to start over. and AJ and I were looking through their roster before the show. I don't think there's a ton of great options there when you're talking about acquisitions for the Avs specifically.
1: Yeah. but Go ahead.
0: Sorry. I was going to say, while it may not be a great target for the Avs, there could be a significant impact on the league if they ship some of these guys out.
1: So everybody, uh, everybody made fun of Ottawa. Yeah, when they besed, they they made the big Matt Duchesne trade, their big go for it move, and then immediately turned around and blew the whole thing apart. and yep. started trading everybody away, right? Full blown rebuilding. You trade, they trade Matt Duchesne away. They trade uh, Mark Stone, Mike Hoffman, Kyle Turris. Obviously, got moved. Uh, they get rid of uh, you know, Dion Fanuff and Mark Mathot and Eric Carlson and all these guys, right? Like they just clean house. Yep. And the distribution of that talent across the league changed the landscape of it. You know, you you look at where is where what is what is it about Vegas that scares you? Well, it's Mark Stone, number one. Mark Stone and Max, Max Pacioretty next to each other is the scariest thing they have going for them offensively. You know, Mike Hoffman in Florida turned that out. They, they were a turbo-powered offense. Although, you know, <laughs> they weren't really responsible for him landing in Florida. That was the San Jose thing.
0: But Well, I mean, San Jose itself, they were a, a powerhouse with EK
1: for a minute there, and then right? now they're a floundering mess. But nonetheless it's it's just that there was there were a lot of guys that they moved out yep that went on to kind of kind of affect playoff races around the league yeah if nashville goes into a full-blown we're gonna try and tear this thing down they they have enough talent on that roster and matthias Eckholm was a smart place to start he is 30 years old He has one year on his deal after this one at 3.75 million in a league where everybody is struggling for money, a top four cost efficient player with a track record of Matthias Ekholms as a, as a high end defender. That's going to be really valuable. Yep. Yeah. The similar to uh, Josh Manson in Anaheim. Like, those guys, those guys are the obvious. They they're right at that age range. They need to make a move. Like they're not going to come back. Those teams are those teams are shifting away from their competitive windows and they're getting ready. And this would be the beginning of it for Nashville. This would be like move number one. So Eckholm being the guy, it makes a lot of sense because they're not going to be able to bring him back. They have too much money tied up elsewhere. Yep. And the sweetheart deal that Eckholm signed, they didn't get enough out of it. This is their this is their last chance. They on ice. They did not take proper advantage of it, but clearly now they have a chance to to cash in on it somewhere else, and that's that's in the trade market. Yeah. And you know, Ekholm that's a that would be Ekholm would be a great a great starting a, a great place for them to start. You you're talking about a first round pick. Easily, you're talking about a first round pick and a, either an NA, a guy in the NHL or an NHL ready prospect. Yep. And you know
0: the, what what actually comes out of a trade like that depends on what Nashville is truly, truly trying to do, whether they're going full scorched earth or or more yeah. of a
1: retool. But well, and and you know that they would love just given the results and how things have gone, they'd love to move the money involved in Johansson and Duchesne. I don't think that's possible uh, for at least another year. It may not be possible until the cap starts to go up.
0: There's no way anyone's taking Duchesne's contracts right now. Maybe you have a conversation after this year. There's only four years left on Johansson's contract, and he's two years younger than Duchesne. But Duchesne is going to be a really hard piece to move with that contract.
1: And so I think think they're probably sitting there um, with those two guys. I think... Those are the guys that are that they're stuck with. Um, Roman Yossi, they're not going to move that guy. That there's there's no reason to move that guy. Like you, you could get the biggest haul for him, but you also want to set a kind of a standard of even when we're going to go through the bad times. This is our captain. This is the face of our organization. Yep. This is the guy that we drafted. We developed. We want him to be the guy that they could not convince Shea Weber to be. You know, the forever predator.
0: That's every team has has a player like that, it seems, through eh, whatever section of, of the darkness you want to call it for a team. There's always a certain level of of, of that. For the Avs it was Sackic for a long time. In the in the interim it was Milan Hayduk, and then you know yeah. ultimately Gabe Landisgog, who is now through the
1: through the darkness and on the other end of it. But Yeah. And you know, there's you can even throw kind of ish you could throw ej on there yeah sure a little a little different um not an in-house draft guy but you know
0: but has actively wanted to be here since he came here
1: yeah and was you know got got to colorado early enough in his career that you don't nobody will ever think about eric johnson as the same Louis Blue for sure um but that's that's where it starts with with them if they want to and, and if if Nashville wants to kickstart their system, that's what they should do. Um, going back through their drafts, the last couple of years, they had full picks. The last two years, um, they only had one additional pick, which was in 2019. It was an extra fourth rounder. That's you know, it's just not nothing special. It's it's hard to rebuild when you don't add picks. Yep, you've got to you've got to either and. It's, I will I will specially say it's hard to rebuild when you don't add picks and you're not picking at the top.
0: Their their highest pick in recent years, Askarov at eleven this past yeah. year. And look, don't get me wrong, Askarov could be an answer to one of their biggest problems right now. Mm-hmm. But they don't really have high end forward talent coming to replace
1: in the immediate. Well, Eli Tolvainen has not lived up to the immediate hype that he had yep. the first year after uh, after his draft. In his D plus one, he had he had, a, he had a really good year in the KHL, and people were like, "Oh, in a redraft, he would be a top five pick." And those people were stupid that day, and they're stupid this day. <laughs> um, and he just he just has not he has not taken that step forward. Twenty eighteen, no picks in the first, second, or third rounds. Yep. Um, they they've moved on from guys. You know, Sam Girard would have been a guy that would have been replenishing their system right now. That would have been kind of part of their future. Uh, as it is, he's gone. Dante Fabro is there. David Ference is a guy that you have to keep an eye on because he is destroyed college hockey the last couple of years at BU. So there's still some defensive guys that they have. You know, Dante Fabro is an okay NHL player. Barons is a guy if that you have to keep it so. on. What's that? If you say so. <laughs> I mean, he's he's okay. I he's not okay. a building block, but he's at least a guy that you're like. He's an NHLer, sure. He'll be here for the next four years while we rebuild. Yeah, yeah. 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 So after that, though, I mean, that it, it, you're talking Philip Tomasino, a guy that I love, but is he is he a high end? first line player for you? Probably
0: not. And after Tomasino, it gets it gets downhill pretty quickly. Yeah, i talking mean, about guys like Afanaseev and
1: Who's who's like intriguing, right? Like yeah. you think, "Hey man, this guy really popped at WJCs for Russia. He looks good." But he doesn't again, same conversation, you're not looking at him like man where is this
0: guys yeah, a, a guy where is the ceiling on guys like that right like you're not you can't realistically have expectations of them being a true 1c and and in most cases probably not even a top 6 guy yeah so it's it's definitely tough because they do lack that high end talent in their system which you know <laughs> avs and other teams as well Likely have pieces that would be very interesting as far as futures are concerned, given their holes in their
1: system. Yep. Um, I I would say there isn't really to shift this to sort of an abs specific conversation. Yeah, sure. There's nobody. We can agree. There's nobody on defense that they would yep. that makes sense, right? Nope. Like as much as Matthias Eichholm is. Really, really good. Like it, just the price involved. Like why?
0: And or, unless like, where does he
1: where does he play?
0: Unless something absolutely crazy, like Nashville being willing to take on EJ's contract or something, you can't even have the conversation.
1: Yeah, because your left side right now, when healthy, is Devontae, Sam, Gerard, Poe, and Byram. Yep. Your right side again, when healthy, Kale McCarr. Eric Johnson, and then Connor Timmons or Ryan Graves. So, like, look, you could, bam, you drop back home into that third spot and you've upgraded from Timmons and Graves. But but you're, you're going to have to give something else up. You're right. probably going to have to give one of those guys up, to be you're, honest. You're
0: giving one of those guys up and you're giving up a prospect.
1: And probably a pick. Well. And probably your and, first-rounder. And, and probably a first. And and like you're asking that guy to not be like, just he's not going to play a big role for you. Yep. He's gonna he's gonna give you a supercharged third pairing, which that's awesome. That could make you now that okay. So now that I'm actually saying this out loud, at three point seven five million for this year and next. Well, it it, it would it would give you the league's best defense, and it's probably not very close between one and two.
0: It'd have to be Graves going back the other way, though, right? Just to balance the money.
1: Yeah, I'm. I would assume. I mean, it could be Graves and Timmons because they want a prospect, right?
0: Yeah, you could have that conversation. That'd be steep, but
1: I mean, if just say it was Graves Timmons and a first round pick for for Matthias Ekholm, would you do it?
0: I don't know. I'd have to think about it. If it were if Matthias Ekholm was two years older and had another year on that deal, or two years younger rather, and had another another year on that deal, I think I'd probably do it.
1: Even, even at 30, though, he's, he, he gives you elite defense, and it's just for this year and next year. I mean, I think I would do that in a heartbeat. Mm. You're going to lose the guy in free agency. You accept that. You're going to yeah, lose the guy in free agency. And that's my problem. Is Then the, Caleb brings up a great point, though. This gives you an expansion draft problem. It sure does.
0: Because right now you were talking about exp- leaving Graves exposed full stop. Yeah,
1: so maybe, maybe this is something that, you know,
0: off-season you address yeah, it. Yeah,
1: maybe this would be a more realistic conversation to revisit this next year, but then you're only getting one playoff run out of him. At Price that point. probably goes down, too, though. So then maybe, you know, we'll see. But also Nashville probably could get a better deal than that elsewhere. I would imagine. Because, like, hey, Ryan Graves, an, a, he's a fine NHL player whatever. You know, we the, don't need to, like...
0: The, the reality of the league has always been teams are willing to pay a premium for high-end defense and right. there are teams with more room and more ability to spend on a Matias Ekholm than the Avalanche.
1: Well, and he would be he would play a bigger role there. Yeah.
0: He'd, uh, I don't know if he'd be a top pairing guy on many teams but certainly top 4.
1: Yeah. So. So anyway, is yeah. there anybody else on this on this roster like Given Colorado's current backup situation, do you think a one-year pekka Renee come in and be our backup? No. Last year of his career, you can get him to retain salary. No interest whatsoever?
0: Nope. Absolutely none. Rene's been terrible for three years. I don't want him to be the backup.
1: Even at a 907 this year?
0: No interest in it. I I don't think there's any value there. Uh, You can... Whatever... You're paying for Rene, You can go get an NHL backup for cheaper. Uh, without without diving into the the fact of all the dudes the Avs could have got on waivers, you can go get a bona fide NHL backup. I'm right just
1: now. I'm just saying, like, what if? Okay, so let me reframe this. What if we assume Pavel Francis is out for the entire season?
0: I'm fine with going to get a backup. I just don't think Rene is where you're going to find value. Okay, I think there are. I, better I mean, I would for cheaper.
1: I would be surprised if they would move him, just because he's right at the end of his career, and it's like you're talking about establishing a certain culture, and you want these guys to be around, blah blah. So maybe uh, maybe only if he asked, But like at five million dollars, if they retained half of the salary for just this year, two and a half million dollars against your cap for Pekarene, there isn't just to be just just to be Philip Grubauer's backup because you don't trust that Franzoes is coming back.
0: What? I guess the answer is what is the cost there? Does Nashville want uh, it, a sixth round pick for it? Sure, whatever. I mean, fine.
1: it would be more than a sixth, but it I would know. be less than a first, and it would not be like a prospect that you really, really liked.
0: And that's that's where my my problem is. Like,
1: say say it's a third round pick this year. Yeah. No. Really? Yeah. No.
0: You can go get a perfectly serviceable backup for a fifth. I don't think you're getting value in, in pecarini as a clear and solid backup. This is a guy that you don't want to play on any really? given night. I, I'm not worried about the backup goaltender, to be honest. At, at this point, the Avs are ride or die with Philip Grubauer in the playoffs, and the playoffs are the point that matter. If Grubauer gets hurt, Grubauer gets hurt. You know what? I rolled the dice and didn't get a solid backup. Fine. But Grubauer is the man if the Avs want to go to the cup, in my opinion. I don't see any need to to waste assets, especially if we're talking like a third round pick. You can go get a perfectly fine backup for a fifth. Maybe if you absolutely had to spend a fourth, whatever. A, a minimal, a minimal prospect on the outside of the the system. I just don't yeah. think it's worth it for Rene.
1: Well, I don't know that I would agree. I, I think if if Nashville and there would have to be some money just because the Avs are. Yeah, money money is
0: whatever it is that you make. Like, what
1: if just for just just for this conversation's sake, uh, they would let's say they send Franzeles back just to to even the money It's
0: five hundred k difference, yeah.
1: And they so they retain and so the ads add another five hundred k to their books, but now they've got Rene just for the end of this. You would still say no to that. For a third, yeah. For a, for a third in Franzos, correct. Again. I would say no. Really? Yep. What if it was like a third in Greg Pattern? Because <laughs> <laughs> again, that. this the, is me from balancing money. That's yeah, all I'm I, doing.
0: I don't. I don't really care how they balance the money. I don't. I don't think giving up a third for Rene is worth it. I think you can get a similar caliber of backup goaltender for a fifth. Really. I don't, I don't, I'm not buying into the Rene name recognition at all here.
1: I don't think, I don't think recent history is on your side there, my man.
0: It probably isn't. But again, my, my point being that I I just giving up any real asset for a backup goaltender, I just don't think is worth it.
1: Even, okay. So again, we're operating under the assumption here in this universe that I'm, I'm proposing that
0: that Francis, Francis is, is, yes.
1: is out for the season, and Correct. we know that he is done for the year. You're fine not doing anything at that position at all? Yep.
0: I would play and Adam Werner as the backup for the rest of the year. Doesn't matter. The ABS are going to make the playoffs, and then Philip Grubauer is your guy in the playoffs. That's it. That's There is yeah. no... There is no magic bullet that a backup goaltender it, gives the would app.
1: Would it be like the, the cruelest irony if you did go and get like a Rene for the lap for a year and then Grubauer got hurt and Rene wins you a cup?
0: I <laughs> Look, if that's how it uh, if that how it how it plays out, I will eat a hat on this podcast. But
1: That's just, <laughs> I don't think I could watch that.
0: <laughs> Hats... I've seen a dude eat one. I you can't really eat the bill, but you could eat the the fabric part. Uh,
1: I I really you, know, you and I don't have very many like strong disagreements. Yeah, very often on this. I think I really disagree with you here. That's that's fine.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's your your right to, but you don't. Jordan Bennington is the. Extreme, extreme, extreme outlier in Stanley Cup winning goaltenders. You win NHL Cups with your starting goaltender. Pretty much full stop.
1: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I just... I don't know, I'm... I, I feel like there's a meaningful level between Adam Werner, what the hell? You know, like, why not? Let's just see how things go. And, like, a guy that you know isn't going to be a starter, but, you and, know, like, again, like, Pecorino right now is a 907. And and that's there's, fine. He's, where you're not,
0: like, okay, like, this is fine. There's I feel like there's a middle ground there too, though is the point I I was trying to make initially is if you don't, if Adam Werner isn't enough for you, you can find something between giving up a third for Pecorino and Adam Werner that can give you value as a backup goaltender. And you can look to spend that third round pick on the Ams Bigger Problem, which we talk about every single podcast, 3C.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> which I do want to get into a little bit. We do have to take our second period break first though, as we are brought to you by MSU Denver online. You can head on over to their website and check everything out. They have both Non-full semester classes right now for the spring semester. And you can sign up for the summer semester as well to get yourself back in the classroom, whether that be in person or digitally. They have a program for everyone. So jump on it now. MSU Denver Online wants you to fall in love with yourself for Valentine's Day. I know it I know it just passed, but there's still time. You can count it backwards. I had Valentine's Day dinner with my wife the day after. So right now, MSU Denver Online is offering free application fees to any and all students. Zero dollars for your application fee. Doesn't matter if you're looking for undergrad, graduate, or taking online classes. So jump on your opportunity to apply for free while you still can and get yourself back to school. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook are we are we over this Renee argument or do you have any? Yeah, uh... no, no, no.
1: I'm I'm good to move on because there's okay. a whole other like Preds roster that we can kind of look into and stuff. Yeah, that's uh, so. For the for the record, it was it was brought up in chat, but uh, I don't accept friend requests on our Discord. <laughs> um, so if you guys join our Discord in the lounge and all that, you guys can come in and talk to us. But I don't, I won't accept any friend requests from people. I draw I draw my line somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just rest... just because it was brought up. So
0: we had the at home conversation, we had the Renee conversation. What we have yeah. not looked at are forwards, and the Abs aren't going to go after any of the top guys. They're top like, six. You're very comfortable with
1: Philip Philip Forsberg. Are you one year one year left after this on his contract? Are you good? Or
0: I mean, you could have a conversation about it. it...
1: I just. Financially, probably can't afford exactly. it on another deal, right. so it's probably not realistic. Yeah,
0: that's that's where I'm at with it, too. Like, okay. I think he, he would probably make the abs better, right? But when you remember, they have to Stein Landeskog and Kale.
1: Well, and then Burakovsky's only a two year deal, yep. so it's like,
0: I mean, you maybe the, honestly, that's probably what you're looking at. Like, if you're taking Forsberg, maybe you're shipping Burakovsky back the other way with a load of prospects or something, but.
1: Well, if you're shipping Burkowski the other way, you shouldn't have to send a load of prospects. I mean, and I no, I'm so, I'm sorry, but I would agree that Forsberg is more proven and and more valuable and that you'd have to send something else but a load of prospects. Um, I don't even know that I would send another first along with Burkowski to upgrade to Phil Forsberg. I mean, if
0: I'm if I'm Nashville, I'm asking for a first there probably if i'm nashville if Burkowski for forsberg i'm asking for a first and like a, a middling par- prospect on top
1: yeah and then i'm sending you pictures of my nuts <laughs> in response dude like I'm not no saying,
0: i'm not saying the deal gets done but nashville is looking to recoup assets here and and the real the like the reality is if nashville is taking burakovsky they're probably just going to flip him for more stuff because they don't care about having Burkovsky for a year, unless they try to extend him or something.
1: Well, and, and at that point, then you would just
0: right. Go it's, it's a futures-heavy deal. Right, it's it's very roundabout year. for them to take on Burakovsky, but the only reason they would is because the Avs would need the money to make it work. But
1: <clears throat> yeah, and so I'm, I'm. So we're in agreement that like the Forsberg thing would be great, but it's not a realistic conversation. Yeah, correct. Okay. Uh, um. Moving down the list, uh, Victor Arvidsson is a hard no for me. Absolutely um, not with that contract. Yeah, <laughs> it's just he's been too injured, and it, it's been too long since we've seen him at the level of the impact guy where it looked like he was. Uh,
0: he's not. He three years removed now from a sixty point season.
1: So yeah, I, yeah, I'm. It's just the injuries. I think have it's, taken. Too much away from you're him.
0: almost having the exact same conversation where if the abs are acquiring him, you're hoping he's healthy and that he replaces Andre Burakovsky. <laughs> like,
1: I mean, at 4.25, like the value's there, the, right? The,
0: the contract value is absolutely there, but you have Andre Burakovsky already and yeah. you're not as worried about the injury history there based on last year. At least
1: that would be a, I think, I think with him, that would be a Brandon sod replacement. Over yeah, the summer you could
0: probably have that conversation that's fair
1: um and at four point two five you're gonna you're gonna pay him less than sod's gonna get in free agency this summer when he walks so I think that you know I'm uh, i'm and again I just think that the the cost here is gonna would probably be hard to find a, a deal that makes sense for both teams because Definitely. money in, money out. The ads would have to send something the other way. You're probably looking at like a Comfer or a Donskoy, maybe okay. a Graves, and then you want to add in a prospect. You know, do they want a prospect? Or do they want a first-round pick? Would you even give a first-round pick for Victor Arvidsson at this point? I wouldn't.
0: My, I would agree. Maybe if it's like... Yeah. Again, it just doesn't. If it was a first and like nothing else, you have that conversation. But the Evs have to send money out. So
1: yeah, yeah. A purely futures deal where like they send you know they send like a, a we're going to give you sample Ranta and a first yeah. round pick and right. you know they, Connor Timmons uh,
0: co- probably a more of a conversation, but he, you'd have to find a way to make the money work there and. Again, the Avs are just a weird fit for, for that talk, especially long-term because Arvidsson's deal would go through McKinnon's next deal. So that's something the Avs have to consider
1: as well. Yeah, for, for 4.25, It's not bad, it's not bad like, but... The number is great, but it's a lack of trust in the player. Yeah. The player has to give you excess value, not just live up to 4.25. He's got to give you $6 million worth.
0: The number is great if he's scoring 50, 60 points. The number is not great if he's
1: scoring 40. (laughs) Shit, man. If he's scoring 40 and he's giving 4.25, I think I'd be okay with it. Especially because Arvidsson was a strong, like he was a good all-around player. It's just, again, it's been two years since we've seen that guy. Yep. So you're really banking. You're really, yeah, I don't know. I just think that's, I think, I think that's really tough. Um, the converse, the conversation in chat about Eustace Ananen, look, his team was dominant last year and he was great. His team is not as good as, as good this year and they've been, you know, the fin, the finish season was fits and starts and super inconsistent. I think some of the shine has come off as like, he might be the best goaltender prospect out there. Like that was always a little much
0: it was never true. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, but he's still a really good goaltender prospect. We'll see him in North America next fall. Yep. And you talk awesome. about him pushing to the NHL right away or whatever—that's crazy stuff. Ignore any of that. The, Peyton Jones will play for the Avs before Eustace Annan does this uh, this spring. So,
0: Anandin's future was always the AHL next season. Like, yep. It, this season almost didn't even matter what he did after exactly. the contract was signed.
1: He signed the contract, they immediately loaned him back to, to the Liga, and then that was the agreement. And then maybe in the springtime, you know, the AHL carries on into the postseason, whatever, maybe he play he goes there and he starts working on it in the postseason or something. But that's it. So possible. Getting back to getting back to the natural roster, I mean, just moving down the list here, you know, Grandland, we had the offseason conversation that doesn't really make any sense right now. Colton Sissons is signed for five more years after this one at $2.8 million. Hell to the no.
0: The only reason you go get that guy is because he murders the Avs.
1: Yeah, so you can sit him. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: So he not play against you. And since they're not in a division anymore this year, it's a really bad idea. So no Colton Sissons. Luke Cunningham, no thank you. Um, Nashville needs to build around guys like Luke yeah, Cunningham anyway. I don't know if any and, and, interest in moving him, yeah. Moving him would not bring back any kind of value that would matter for them. So, you know, keeping on going. Obviously, Rocco Grimaldi, no thank you. Yep. Um, Eric Howla. The the next three names, I think, are ones that are worthy of conversation. Yarn yep. Yarncrook, Eric Howla, and Nick Cousins.
0: I agree. Um, should we start with Howla since he was someone we did talk about last season a little bit? Yeah,
1: Howlett was a guy that I've always, I've always kind of liked, um, and I thought would be a good stylistic fit in Colorado. Not, not a good, not off to a good start uh, in Nashville, and that's been the problem. Is that ever since he got help, you know, got hurt back at, in Vegas, he hasn't been the same kind of guy. Now he was never going to be the guy that blew up for, like, 30 goals or whatever it was in that one Vegas year where everybody had career years. That shit was always crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All those guys had crazy years. Um, so I think looking at how is the player that he actually is and has been for his career, um, I would I would pass, to be honest with you. He just hasn't been good enough. Yep, it's... I, I was intrigued in the offseason. Um, I, I would have liked it for cheap seeing how it's gone with Nashville right now, even knowing that like everybody that goes to Nashville just gets worse randomly. And we don't really know why that is. Um, I good on Hello. I will pass
0: shades of, of similarity to JT confer this year, honestly, with how a guy that, you know, historically through his career, you said this guy should give us 10 to 15 goals a year. He's got no goals this year. Yeah. And, and the offense just hasn't been there for, for someone you were hoping, or Nashville was hoping, for third-line production out of.
1: Yeah, I mean, he hadn't scored a goal in a while, man. It's been a while. <laughs> well, because he got moved at the deadline. Um, I guess he had one goal in the postseason. It doesn't count. Everybody knows that. That's true. <laughs> but, like, four assists in 14 games, and – Again, this is for me. This is just but no. You're talking about Val Nichushkin
0: level production there.
1: Yeah, and not even necessarily getting any kind of an upgrade on Nichushkin right. as a That's, right, not as, as good player, defensively.
0: So. Exactly. Yeah. It,
1: so it's just a no for me. It's just a no.
0: Yep. I don't think I don't um, think it benefits the ads. Nick
1: Cousins is a guy who, if you if you dig into it really good underlying numbers and he's a guy that i really like um he's a guy that brings a certain not not a ton of physicality like he's not gonna go out there you know and average five hits a game or anything probably not even two hits a game but he plays he plays a harder heavier style and he's really effective but again there's not a lot of offense here and so you're kind of just replicating what you already have not adding to it plus a two-year deal. So yeah, it's,
0: and all of these conversations, the one we're going to get into with yarn croak as well, do to a certain extent, come down to price, right? Yeah. It, you know, if you're, if you can get Nick cousins for Belmar and, and a bit piece, Yes. you have that conversation because you drop cousins in he's going to give you a little bit of more offensive impact than a belmar will
1: yeah and but at he's
0: a touch cheaper yeah
1: at one point at 1.5 million for this year and next you're fine you, you don't feel a way about it but this you know this is another guy then that gets in the way of any kind of promotion possible promotions for you that you're having, because now you've, you know, just 27 years old and then whatever. You're not
0: sitting that guy. You're not even having a conversation about sitting that guy.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then Kelly Yarncrook is, you know, an yeah. interesting guy throughout his career. I like
0: Yarncrook, I think, more than you do in this situation.
1: It's it's mostly just my fear of his injury issues the last few years. It's-
0: there's that ab- it's absolutely a valid fear. If you're targeting Yarn crook, you're taking a chance and hoping that he's going to stay healthy for you. Like you have, if you're making that move, you assess and accept that risk. But yeah, if you're looking for a direct replacement for JT confer on this lineup, I think it's Kelly yarn Pretty, pretty clear cut and only $2 million for the next two years.
1: Yeah. Now, and a history of being good defensively and not great offensively. Not going to drive a lot of play for you, but can give you 30 points. Yep, exactly.
0: That, And that's what JT Comfort was a year ago, basically. So if, if that is the urgent move, if the Evs feel like they need a deadline adjustment to their forward core, I think Yarn Croke makes the most sense from Nashville, assuming health. You know, if, if Yarn Croak gets hurt, then he gets hurt and, and there is no deal there, obviously.
1: Yeah, and and you would have an intriguing piece in J.T. Comper who, at his age, like, People we're all sitting human. here. Right. We're talking like J.T. Comper, like, oh my God, this is a disaster, or whatever. But, you know, J.T. Comper is 25 years old.
0: There's plenty of teams that would bet that this year is the outlier. And let's face it, this year probably is the outlier so far mm-hmm. in his career.
1: Yeah, he turns twenty-six in April, which is crazy to think about. Yep. <laughs> but he turns twenty-six in April and he signed for two more years at three and it like it's it would be it would be easy to see that as as a as a deal. Where the abs say, Hey, we could we could save a million and a half on our roster here. Yep. You guys get the younger yep. guy, but we get the guy that that's a little bit more of what we want to do right now. So you you, you take it and run.
0: So let's, let's flip the script. JT confer in a third for Cal Yarncroak. Oh, and a third. Yep.
1: So I'm getting, I'm getting the older player, you're
0: getting the older player, but you're getting consistency
1: and I'm getting, and I'm getting a guy with recent injury concerns. Yep. And I'm having, I have to, not no okay not for not with the third if if it was with like a
0: fifth or something yeah if it's
1: a fifth or a sixth or it's like nick leverman
0: and that's exactly where i am with pecorino so
1: so <laughs> i probably don't protect yarn crook in expansion like nashville did
0: you have to I think that's a conversation like right now, if you're looking at the Avs roster right now, you don't protect Saad. You probably protect Donskoy as six, and then do you protect Yarn Croak or Jost is is probably the conversation for the sixth forward spot.
1: Jost just because of his age, man. Okay. That's it. Yeah. So
0: Alright, so we've 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 found out the the answer here. Francose and JT Comfer. For Peckarine, Cali Yarncroak, and two fourths.
1: (laughs) Go (laughs) right in the middle. (laughs) They got rid of two fourths. They would have no second round picks for, or no seconds and no fourths for the next two years.
0: Yeah, their draft capital would be looking real bad if they did that. Yeah. uh, Yeah, they'd have no four. They'd have to use the twenty-two and twenty-three fourths because this year's fourth is already gone. So.
1: Where's this year's fourth? Where did this year's fourth end up? I don't Uh, remember.
0: That was for Nemesnikov, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. So.
0: Yeah. Even even rounds. The Avs just don't draft in them. Okay. Oh.
1: Did you know, oddly enough, Nashville owns that pick.
0: It ended up in Nashville? Yeah, for
1: Austin Watson. (laughs) There you go. So we already know Nashville loves Avs Fourths. Uh, yeah yeah well they took an abs fourth for Colin wilson exactly exactly my point <laughs> just keep up the tradition oh that's funny <laughs> yeah I, it, it, the, the Nashville thing is i I'm from a Colorado perspective not super interesting but from a you always have to worry about the St Louis blues being willing to do something crazy uh, yeah like <laughs> You could see if they go out and they get Matthias Ekholm and they drop that guy into their top. You know, Matthias Ekholm—that's their Vince Dunn answer, right? Like that's the Vince Dunn trade that they've been looking for. Vince Dunn and and St. Louis's first round pick for Matthias Eckholm. If I'm St. Louis, or if I'm Nashville, that's kind of what I'm after. It's something something along those lines? And then St. Louis has Matthias Eckholm and. Tori Krug, Krug on the left side, with a yep. revitalized Justin Falk and Colton Pareko on the right side, they're feeling they're feeling good, and they made a they made a big move that immediately turns them back into oh god we got to put up with these guys again.
0: Yep. That's uh.
1: Damn now I'm now I don't like that I put that out in the yeah, universe.
0: Erase the last forty five seconds of this podcast.
1: Yeah, I don't like I don't. I hope the blues front office wasn't listening because <laughs> I just gave them a dope idea.
0: <laughs> well, maybe they didn't make it well past the hour mark into this podcast if they were listening. So yeah.
1: talked to for an hour on a show that we didn't. I had to grow we together in a, yeah. a weird
0: kind of day for us. got <laughs> yeah. some pretty good mileage out of this one for sure. Um, yeah. So final thoughts, Nashville, does not make a ton of sense as a trade partner for the Avs just generally. Maybe there's something there depending on value and price and and how you feel, but it would be very difficult for the Avs to make any of the bigger pieces work for them. Yeah. You know, there are plenty of other uh, bottom feeder teams for the Avs to pick the corpse of when it gets closer to the deadline. And I'm sure we'll do shows about them in the future, but
1: yeah, they just have to start to separate a little bit. Yeah, there's Ottawa. Ottawa isn't doing it for me. They're I'm not interested in Austin Watson for another fourth. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you.
0: Yeah. What? Who? Who are the teams that are kind of bottom feeding here? Let's see. That aren't like, fully out of it yet. Yeah. L.A. San Jose. And San, San Jose would
1: be interesting if they wanted to start touching hurdle and Meyer and Kane and you key, know all the those key guys.
0: pieces sure yeah Buffalo is struggling Yeah Buffalo
1: Yeah well and again like the problem is is that Buffalo it's like where do you even go Yeah And now you look at this Buffalo roster and it's like how can you not this succeed work?
0: with this yeah You have a First overall defenseman, anchoring your decor. You have a top line of Eichel, Hall, and Reinhardt, which should be slaying. Yeah. Something, I, some just I, don't work in Buffalo.
1: Something, yeah. Something's clearly broken, man. Like it doesn't make any sense. Hurdle would be interesting, just because
0: Hurdle's like well. carved out a weird niche role in his career over the years.
1: Like he's a. <laughs> He had that one like monster season. Yeah, and then he blew out his knee, and and like he's okay now. Like he's he's still good, but he he had the one year where it was like Tomash Hurdle has arrived, and no, nah.
0: and yeah, he's no, he's right now back to, right to being back. like a forty-ish point guy. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. All topics we can cover on another day as we do have to get out of here for this one. Thank you everyone for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. Highly recommend you join the live chat in YouTube popping today with everyone, uh, everyone throwing their ideas out there on, on what we should and shouldn't trade. If we were the GMs of the Colorado Avalanche, which we're not, which is probably a good thing. Joe Sack doing just fine on that job. Uh, Anyway, We're going to get out of here for you guys with Chevalier Mortgage. Both Mike and Virginia have been in the business for a long time. And yes, you can absolutely get a great rate on your home loan, but they give you more than that. Mike is a certified financial planner and looks at a ton of different things when it comes to designing your home loan. They look at your full financial picture, not just the rate of the loan itself. Plus, they're a small family-owned company just like us here at DNVR, so you'll always feel like a person and not a number. You can reach them at dnvrmortgage.com, where you can sign up to get some free DNVR merch, as well as a free consultation. Or, of course, you can call Virginia directly directly at 303-257-6578. Michael Chevalier, NMLS1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS1910631. That's going to do it for today. We should be back at our regular time of 1 p.m. Mountain Time tomorrow, assuming everything's back to normal. So have a good rest of your evening, and we will talk to all of you guys then.